following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. Your team, your town, your Philadelphia 76ers. The draft was on Thursday. There are two new Sixers in on the roster. We added two new Sixers coming from the draft on Thursday. We're going to talk about it coming up a little bit later on in the show. We got Anthony Gilbert from NBA.com and Hoops Magazine. We also got Javon Alford from Total Sports Live to talk Sixers. But for right now, I want to bring in my co-host, Mr. Mike Jones. What's happening, partner? Oh, man, I'm good. It's a beautiful day. Up early, already got out and did some walking in the park. Now we're ready to talk sports, and I'm ready to go. Nice, nice. All right, so Sixers started off Thursday. They went into the draft with five picks. They come away with two players. Were you pleased with the Phili- were, were you pleased with the draft? Were you happy with what they got in the draft? I don't like how, I don't like the question. You don't like the question. Why not? I I don't think the word happy applies right okay. now. Okay. What would you What word would you use? I think right now, asking me to judge it is like asking a teacher to grade my midterm exam that you gave me an hour to take, and I'm only a half hour in, and I still have pen to paper. Mm, okay. Okay. If that make analogy no, no. makes any sense. No, that it that, that, that does make sense. You know, you and I talk about it all the time about we go back and forth about you know, sweeping indictments, pushing narratives and holding on to narratives. And mm-hmm. in this era of of social media dominated commentary Everybody has to have an opinion instantly and everybody has, and not everyone has, not everyone has an original thought, an original idea, an original commentary on a subject. So they follow the narratives. And I feel like the narrative right now, as far as the Sixers are concerned and the Sixers draft is concerned, is that this wasn't a very good draft. That the Sixers had an opportunity to add some young players with the five picks that they had and they made a lot of trades and they made a lot of, they they did a lot of wheeling and dealing, but didn't necessarily walk away with the players that could make them better and that they left good players on the board. I am not sure if I agree with that. I honestly lean more towards what you said, that this is still a work in progress, that you can't go, you can't judge this, correctly right now but i feel like i'm in the minority i'm you know i'm too many i'm just i'm reading a lot of the draft reviews and honestly they're not good there are a lot of people criticizing elton brand criticizing the sixes but 
it's a work in progress. And I, I think you, and I think you're on the same page as me, right? Well, I definitely disagree with the with the assessment that it's a bad draft where they didn't get any players that can help. Okay. First of all, the kid Matisse, Matisse Thibel, he was, well, let's go back to last year. Mm-hmm. What was my biggest, one of my biggest criticisms with the Sixers' perimeter defense? Yeah. Matisse Thibel is a perimeter defender, a very capable one. Probably the, I've heard him be called the best perimeter defender in this year's draft. Yeah. So if you're in a, so I look at it like this. I'm looking at the landscape of the East and I'm looking at a worst case, a worst case scenario that Kawhi Leonard returns to Toronto, that Toronto, that I I believe that after winning a championship, I gotta believe that uh, Kawhi's not going jet. Now, grant now, granted, we've also talked about Kawhi Leonard being a, a complete robot with no feelings and no emotions, and he could very well jet and not think twice about it. But as of right now, I think Kawhi Leonard's going to still be with the Raptors. So you have a player like that. You see other you see other teams getting younger and more athletic that you have to deal with within your conference. Why not? You know. If the need is to get not only get younger, slightly younger, because you already have a young core, but more athletic defensively, why not do that? You know, you have, I understand people, and people are hung up on the whole idea of trading with Boston. And they're hung up because they saw what happened with the Markel Fultz trade. And I think that adds a little negative connotation to it. You see how that ended. And now, once again, here we are two years later, once again, trading trading with Boston. Well, and to, I, I, I don't know if you can get hung up on that. I, I, I don't think now's not the time to get hung up on that. Now's not the time to really get caught up in, oh, we traded with Boston. Oh, we got fleeced again. Oh, you know, it's like, come on, man. We we traded up to get what we needed, which was a young perimeter defender. We're, the mentality has changed. The mentality has changed. We're no longer looking in this draft for players who, you know, for that game-changing player. I'm losing you, Joe. What do you mean you're losing me? You're losing my point, okay. or you're losing you're losing my reception. I was losing reception for okay. a second, but I got you. Okay. All I'm saying is, we we are at a. I feel like this was probably this is one of the first drafts. Now now that we're firmly a a contender, uh, upper tier team. However you want to describe the Sixers, the Sixers ain't trash anymore. Actually, the team isn't trash. So now no, we're, me, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let me stop you right there. Okay, go ahead. Honestly, we have no idea what the Sixers are right now because, and this is why I say it's halfway through the test for Elton Brand. Okay, there were two completely opposite approaches he can take to this offseason. I'm sure at this 
he's had conversations with players and agents and has an idea for himself which direction he's going to likely to go in, which is why he made the statement, it'll all be clear soon. Mm-hmm. And so I'm implying that there is a plan in place. Okay. We don't know what that plan is, and here's what I mean. Okay. The Sixers made trades for two players during the season that were both on the last year of their contracts and looking at free agency, in Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, which creates an interesting situation. If you don't, you lose both players, then you have the ability to go pursue a potential max free agent, someone else. And who knows that who that could be. But that would change the dynamic of the team and the pieces you need around it. Or you could take the approach of bring everybody back try to fill in what around what we have and which is a completely different approach mm-hmm. actually and personnel wise as far as what kind of things do we need to really make this fit well so we can't evaluate the fit or the financial aspects of the move until we know which direction Elton Brand and the Sixers plan to go mm-hmm. and that is we don't know yet Mm-hmm. No, we we don't. You know, of course we don't know. But all we can do now is what is what we're doing, and that's speculate. All we can do is speculate. In your, and your, I'm sorry, and heard talk that the Sixers might try to take a meet, get a meeting with Kawhi Leonard. How much stock do you gonna, put in that? We're going to speculate. Like, so. like personally for you, how much stock do you put in that? Like, I've heard that story, and for me. Like personally, I hear that, and I'm thinking that's much ado about nothing. I'm like, yeah, he, I, take, he 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 took a meeting. You know what? LeBron took a meeting. You know what was what 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 is a meeting? Hey, you want to come to Philly? No. All right. Well, good seeing you, bro. Exactly. You know, like to me now, I I have said this before, and and, and I I want you to to allow me, you know, to make this point because it might appear I'm going one way, but I'm not. I believe that the Philadelphia 76ers will bring back both Jimmy and Tobias. I believe I, I believe that both of those players are coming back. And I feel like the only reason we don't bring back Jimmy and Tobias is because we're bringing in Kawhi and KD. Maybe less KD now because of his current situation. But when the season was over, I'm like the only way Jimmy and Tobias aren't here is because Kawhi and KD are here. And that's not me saying I believe that the Sixers have a chance to get Kawhi Leonard. That's not me saying I believe the Sixers have a chance to get Kevin Durant. And, but and I, I, just, rest, I agree with you that it's neither are likely to happen. Mm-hmm. But if there were options, I'd be all for it. Yeah, I, I guess. But but to me, I don't, I don't see a scenario where None of those guys are on the Sixers next year. I don't see a scenario where we don't have Jimmy, Tobias, Kawhi, or KD. That that is what I'm saying. I'm saying if for some reason we don't, you know, Jimmy and Tobias aren't here, it's because we went out and tried. We went out there, used that money, and 
brought in Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant. That's the only scenario I see happening in which we don't have Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. Because I and, and like I said, that's not me out here speculating or, or, or me out here saying they should go out and chase them. But I agree, but I also agree with you. If you know, if there's a chance to get a Kawhi Leonard, you go out there and get him. Especially because I feel like you remember last summer. There, when mm-hmm. when Kawhi Leonard was on the trading block, and people were saying that the Spurs wanted Ben Simmons for Kawhi Leonard, I would not have done that. I, I too, but then, but you, but you know, you know how social media is. Mm-hmm. So as soon as Kawhi Leonard gets his team to the finals, as soon as he wins the finals, now everybody who who wanted that deal, you know, they got their chest poked out. Like, they, like their side was vindicated. Like, I mean, like their side, like they've proven their point. Okay, we're right. You're, you didn't want to trade Ben Simmons. Look how his season ended. Look how Kawhi Leonard's season ended. And that's, that's no guarantee that Kawhi Leonard's season would have ended the that same way. way. Yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah, I, Bro, you, you you ain't gotta you know you, you ain't gotta explain common sense to me. <laughs> no, I, fe- I I feel you, but you know I I. But we all know how this plays out. So there were so many people, who, who were like, hey, you know, if the Spurs want Ben Simmons for Kawhi Leonard, you make that deal. But once again, there's no guarantee that. Kawhi Leonard was going to sign long term with whoever he went with, including Toronto. Even the, even though they did just win an NBA championship, so my, yeah, there's still no guarantee on what Kawhi. We have zero indication in any direction what he's going to do. So to me, now if we're going to go down this whole fantasy scenario avenue, if we're going to go down this street, if this is what we're going to, if this is where we're going with this, my thing is. Say somehow we do sign Kawhi Leonard. Doesn't that does that now make the decision not to trade Ben Simmons for him a stroke of genius? Because now you have Ben Simmons and Kawhi Leonard. That that sounds logical to me. Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm like, look, okay, why trade Ben Simmons for Kawhi Leonard when you can have Ben Simmons and Kawhi Leonard? To be honest. With the core of the Sixers being what they were last year, as talented as they were last year, I think, to the players and coaches' credit, they probably slightly overachieved last year. You think the Sixers slightly overachieved? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Slightly. Okay. They had a a very good year last year. Mm -hmm. They went... And they went down in Game Seven on a literally a the first Game Seven buzzer beater in history mm-hmm. to the eventual champions, who went seven games with no one else. So, mm-hmm. so, to, it, do, so do you are are you afraid that the Sixers might be overvaluing this team because I think. You, given what you said, 
given that the Sixers season ended on a you know a miraculous game seven buzzer beater. Like it wasn't like you know Kawhi Leonard just had a clear look at the basket and just hit it. You know a shot that we all know Kawhi. You know a high percentage shot. It was a contested a shot. Conte- you know, a, it was makeable, but it was contested. It, yes, they play, but they they played him def- on that play. They played him almost as well as you could defensively. Yes, you can say you know Ben Simmons should have closed out a little bit more. May you know that's but that's hindsight being twenty twenty. In the end, the Sixers season ended on a miraculous once in a lifetime shot to the eventual. Uh, well, eventual that, uh, NBA well, champions. So the, the mind. But, so the mind. Uh, let me say, okay, say this about mm-hmm. that as well, because people like to say that shot was miraculous or lucky. No, it was not. How so? There's a reason people call shooters' roles shooters' roles. To okay. get those bounces, you have to have a good release, a good arc, a good follow through. Your shots on line with a good backspin. That doesn't happen by luck. Okay. So the narrative that the Kawhi made got a lucky bounce. No, he didn't. He got a skilled bounce. He got a skilled bounce. Okay. No, no, but not, I see that. I still think. I still think that there's, there's a. If you want to call it luck, for lack of a better term, miraculous. Okay, I see what. But I see what you're saying. But nonetheless, to me, I feel like the Sixers walk away from that series encouraged that, hey, you know what? You give them another shot. You run that back. There's a good chance that it's a winnable series. It's a win. Yes. That we both talked about it all playoffs. We talked about how poorly the Sixers matched up with Toronto. That was the one team I thought was yeah. the issue. The so I when they, so they when you we walk away, yeah. they could beat Milwaukee. We they did beat Brooklyn, yeah. and we thought they could have beat Boston. Honestly, I was not afraid of Boston with their full team out there last year. Mm-hmm. So Toronto but, was the one team. Toronto was a, yeah. Toronto was the team that scared us. We walked away from that, but we walked away from that series with here we are, the team that we feared or were most worried about the most that was a winnable series Mm -hmm. a winnable series against a team that probably stood the best chance of beating us the you know we we walked away you know we walked away from that series and i thought there there was cause for encouragement but my question to you is, are you afraid that the Sixers, because of the way they walked away from that, because of the feeling and the sentiment that they had walking away from that series, or overvaluing what they have now? Because not I, at all. Not at all? Not why, at is, all. why is that? Because what they have now actually has the potential to still be better. With a full off season where you can actually install a playbook that works for your full unit, with a chance to take this talent and actually use the full off season and all of your money to construct a roster with of role pieces that fit well with a core that you already have in place. If you're assuming you bring back Butler and Harris, mm-hmm. you can 
basically fine-tune your roster to fit around that core of those top four players plus J.J. Reddick, if, if, assuming Reddick comes back as well, mm-hmm. which is another question which hasn't been talked about as much, but it is a question. Okay, so let me ask you that question real quick then. Do you bring back J.J. Reddick? Mm, depends on what my other options are. Okay. Offhand, would, offhand do you, what would you say would be a better option? I would have said Clay Thompson before mm-hmm. his injury. Yeah. But it would have to be someone who can play the perimeter, the two or three, in c- conjunction with Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. who can be upgrade defensively from Reddit. Mm-hmm while still providing an offensive threat and spacing the floor. Strictly hypothetical, D'Angelo Russell? Possibly. Okay. Okay. I I wouldn't be completely against that. Okay. Kyrie Irving? No. Okay. Why would you ask me that? Um, I'm not necessarily... Has our conversation been too friendly today? No. That was for somebody else. Uh, that 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 was strictly a barbershop uh, influence conversation. Cause I I don't know about you, and but you know I I tend to sometimes argue your points when people confront me in public. <laughs> so because I've worked with you long enough, I I know where you stand on certain issues. Mm-hmm. And now, granted, I, I'm I'm trying not to get you goat right, right here. I'm because because we still got a whole lot more show to talk about. But in the barbershop, guy in the barbershop, shout out to my man Kareem Streets. But he felt like I'm laughing even saying this. But he felt like Kyrie Irving would be an upgrade over Ben Simmons. Okay. So that's what, first of all, I, I heard that silence. I thought you passed out. So I, I, was, I was listening to see if, if that was the end of your statement. He yeah. Thinks, okay. So he actually believes that Ben Simmons is a downgrade from Kyrie Irving. Yes. And the Sixers would do well to replace Ben Simmons with Kyrie Irving. Yes. But look, yeah, yes or no? Do you agree with that? No. I, 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 once again, I I know that. That's why I told you I, I'm there arguing your point for you. I I, I know that. I but, mean, but 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 nonetheless, because that's that's just. We would derail the show making yeah. that argument that yes. I don't see any any value in doing so. But mm. short answer, I do not believe it would be an upgrade. I think Ben Simmons still has the potential to be an all-time great player mm-hmm. it, should he continue to develop. And he is still a very, very young player. Mm-hmm. In the days of most of the all-time greats, Ben Simmons would just now be getting to his rookie year because he came out of college after four years. Mm-hmm. Speaking That's of how, 
Speak, That's how young he is. Yes. Now, speaking of which, let, let me let me use that point to kind of circle back to the focus of the show, which was the Sixers draft. I'm I'm encouraged by the fact that Elton Brand went out, used his first round pick, and got a college senior. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I like that. That's part of what I liked about him because I feel like, you know. Like I said earlier, the the narrative has changed in that we're not looking necessarily for that cornerstone piece in the draft anymore. We're looking yeah, for pieces to complement our already established cornerstone pieces. We're not looking for another MB. We're not looking for another Ben Simmons. We're looking for players that complement Ben and and Joel. And I feel like you had you brought in a four year player with a mind for defense, and you coached basketball. You coached basketball. You played basketball. You know that not everybody has a mind for defense. I mean, truth be told, most most people, for some reason, overvalue the offensive end of the court. Mm-hmm. Think that's the harder end of the court to play, to be effective on its offense. Truth be told, at that level, believe it or not, people don't realize how good NBA players are. Mm. Everyone out there can score. The harder thing to do is play defense at that level. That is, in many cases, the more valuable skill, to be able to defend to legitimately defend and take your opposition out of the game mm-hmm. is m- much more valuable and more rare skill, especially at the NBA level on the perimeter where everyone for most of their life scored 20 plus a game. Mm-hmm. Guys that get into the NBA average five for most of their life are averaging 25 plus. We greatly underestimate how good these guys are because they're playing against NBA defense. Mm-hmm. And if among elite players, you stand out as a defender, that's a valuable thing to have on your team. Especially on a team like the Sixers where do you really need more scoring? Oh, and I think that's that is an understated I think that aspect is understated, especially after how the playoffs kind of how the how the playoffs played out. You know, this was a team that scored a lot of points during the regular season. Didn't necessarily score at that level in the off season, but you know, there there are a couple of factors that could have played into that. However, you still have a team that, you know, in the end, it's like you have a team that's going to put up points. At some point in time, you got to stop the other team from putting on putting up points. Mm-hmm. So if you go into your offseason with a weakness being perimeter defense, if you are planning to bring back your core, and, and once again, I, all we can do is speculate, but I see them making moves to free up cash, and, okay, let me ask you a question. Okay, go ahead. Outside of Jimmy Butler, who was your 
best perimeter defender last year. Maybe Ben. Uh, um, I mean, that's a good question. I, I um. Okay, I said probably Ben. Yeah. How well did Ben do with small with quick guards? He struggled at times, especially the smaller ones like a, a D'Angelo Russell, a, you know, a, okay, uh, Rozier and and Kyrie, you know, guys okay. like that. Yeah. How well did JJ Reddick do with that? Uh, he didn't do well at all. Which means you left with the option of possibly a TJ McConnell, who, while he could do that uh, respectably, yeah, in in spurts, you know, TJ ended up. Yeah, T.J. McConnell getting 12 minutes doesn't bother anybody. When T.J. McConnell's out there trying to defend people for 24 to 30 minutes a game, that that's that's an issue. And the, and the issue is that then you're left without someone who can play on the other end of the court. Mm-hmm. These are things we're looking to address. I think that's If you're a, thinking uh, about running it back, per se, and bringing back the pieces you had last year, Thibault's actually a really good fit. Yes, a five going into this offseason, you run it back. You bring, you add a Thibault. You have a healthy Zaire Smith, and hopefully, a somewhat improved Shake Milton. I'm okay. I'm good with that. I agreed. Then. Oh. Somewhere in there, hopefully, you use some of your resources to try the cap space you free up by not picking all five players to find possibly a T.J. McConnell upgrade at the backup point. Mm -hmm. At some point, as much as we love T.J. in Philly, we have to. Yeah, it might be time. I mean, look, I think. Which is why I think there was the craving for Carson Edwards. But like I said, Carson Edwards is nice of a player as he is. He's a five eleven ish guard in the NBA. He's a second round projection for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not saying he's not gonna make it in the no, league. But not, not at all, but I, I don't I didn't necessarily see him as fine. The, the the must sign like surefire miss. And I feel like sometimes people in this town, you know, they they fall in love too much with the whole underdog scenario. Mm-hmm. Well, we got this fiery undersized guy who plays bigger than his stature, you know, things like that. And it's like, look, man, Carson Edwards is that guy. And, I, and I'm not and I don't mean that to say, like, I don't think he's going to be any good. But I didn't see him as a necessity, especially given what you already have on this team. And I feel like the mandate that is being set is this team is in win-now mode. And in truth be told, and this is something, a point you you brought up earlier, and I agree with, there's a player on the Sixers roster already, and Shake Milton who's shown potential to be an effective backup player. Unfortunately, the Sixers brought him up so late last year, he wasn't even eligible to play in the playoff roster, so we saw him in limited stretches. But there's potential there. Mm -hmm. There's potential. So, if they believe he has still room to grow, 
why invest more resources in a Carson Edwards when you can have those that money available to try to beef up your roster in some other area? I don't know. I don't know. We'll just have to. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, let's see. Oh, a little over a week from now, free agency starts. Mm-hmm. So, and that plan will start to come into a more clear vision. Very, and that that will be when you and I sit down and have another conversation. Because look, there's there's still more. Look, in the end, this chap, you know, this is just one chapter. This is a book that still remains to be written. Exactly. So we will see. Okay, it is time for us to take our first break on the show. But when we come back, Anthony Gilbert will join us and he will give his thoughts on the Sixers 2019 draft. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World. You need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world. Tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Okay, Sixers draft was this week. They went into the draft with five picks. They come out with two players. We got to make sense of that. So in order to do that, had to call in my man 50 grand from NBA.com and Hoops Magazine. My man, Anthony Gilbert. What's going on, my friend? Hey, John, man. Good to hear your voice, brother. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to have you on. Always a pleasure to talk basketball with you, my friend. All right. So Sixers draft. It it came and it went. You know, I feel like this was... This was truly like the first year dealing the first year in a very long time dealing with a draft of a good team. Meaning, you know, your your pick is at the back is in the back of the first round and the need to have that game-changing player is isn't the same. You know, you're not dra- yeah. you're not up at the top of the draft. You're not looking for that guy that's going to change your franchise around. You're just hoping to get a young guy that can help your, you know, that can help your veterans. So they traded. Yeah. They, they traded up. They got uh, Matisse Thybul. What'd you think of that pick? I like that pick. Um, a lot of people were upset because they were feeling like he was going to be available anyway. But it's the NBA draft, and you never know. So. If that's the guy they wanted, they went after him, and uh, and they got him. He's he's athletic. He can defend, especially on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. He's a decent shooter, um, and I I suspect that the Sixers are going to. Elton Brand talked about he needed all the money he could get, 
Mm-hmm. And that's so that, A, he could pay some of the players he has, and, B, he could re-sign some of the other players he doesn't have, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit is left over for uh, some other free agents. But they, they need shooting, and they need some perimeter defense. So, you know, losing Robert Covington in the uh, Jimmy Butler trade, you know, hopefully they, they kind of are able to fill that void. And then hopefully they'll have some money to go get some get some familiar names. Now I've heard I've I've heard the name Robert Covington before when when talking about this Thibault pick because I've heard people say that he can be that three and D guy that they envision Robert Covington being. You know, and so my my question is, you know, if you, mm-hmm. you know you were able to craft and mold. Robert Covington into that that role that that three and D type of person as someone who can hit outside shots mm-hmm. can hit a three when you know can sit in the corner hit a three and then could also sit out on the wing and defend another team's best player and my thing is you know you were able to craft that out of Robert Covington who was an undrafted free agent so if you can get a player with that type of athleticism and that type of, yeah. you know, that type of ability out of a late first rounder, that's, I mean, that's a come up. That's, that's an upgrade, right? Absolutely. I mean, they, they definitely needed Robert Covington's skill set this season. Yes. Um, it wasn't that apparent, but once we got into the playoffs and we got into more of a half court set, mm-hmm. um, so the ability to knock down some shots came to bite Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you also didn't have that lockdown defender, um, you know, so that, you know, they lost Landry Shamit, who was able to stretch the defense and who also gave, you know, some really good perimeter help. So, you know, they, they, they're just trying to reload. And, uh, you know, like you said, you know, to get a guy, you know, that, fills that that need and that void you you have to go for it man you know now everything else they did you know you might be scratching your head but (laughs) so 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 i did well that i guess in the aftermath of the draft Mm -hmm. you know like for me personally especially with the nba draft i personally do not put a lot of stock in like mock drafts and things like that because you never know what's going to happen i had heard a bunch of people talking about uh, the bull from uh, North Carolina falling to 24. And then he goes at 11. You know, it's like, there's, there's no way you you can't, you know, you, you, you just can't predict these things. And no matter what, there's always somebody who feels like um, Cameron Johnson, I I should say, I should put his name out there, but uh, like I heard Cam Johnson's name, in all in the weeks yeah. leading up to it, yeah, and he goes at eleven. You know, it's, it's like right. He wasn't even in on Philadelphia is like within their reach. Yeah. So to me, it it you know who they get is who they get. You know, it, it's like have fans gotten so used to that need for the game changing rookie. That that's now, exactly what it is. Yeah, now that's we're at a point. Exactly what it is. Now we're yeah. at a point where we don't need. That's not what we need right now. Well, you know, 
so the NBA, and I, I wrote about this, the NBA never stops. Mm-hmm. Like, like the news cycle of the NBA, it never stops. So there's always going to be a need from fans near and far that are, you know, they are waiting for somebody to get traded. They are waiting for that big news, that big hit. They, you know, we're in the middle of a draft and then a rap beef breaks out. Uh-huh. Like, come on. Like, that's, that's what the NBA is. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it's the gift and the curse because a team like Philadelphia or Toronto or, you know, Golden State for that matter, you know, last night wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. But were they able to do some things? Uh, Portland, another team. Yeah, they were able to get some things done. Um, it's just not as interesting as maybe, mm-hmm. you know, what Boston did or what the Pelicans did or mm-hmm. even the Lakers. So, you know, it, it, if I were, you know, speaking to the Philadelphia faithful, <laughs> you'd rather be in this position. Yeah. You know, having lost to the team that won the championship have lost than, on a than last being second. a top five, yeah. you know, lottery pick. Yeah. We look, Sixers fans, we just watched our season end on a last second shot that bounced about 376 times, you know. <laughs> in game seven. In game seven. That's how our season ended. So the team, yeah. you know, the team needed the, you know, the, the shot of the century. The te- You know, the team, right. that, the team that won the championship got past you on the shot of the century. You know, this yep. is, and what did we do? We went and got, we got better defensively. Yep. We got a guy that hopefully at some point might be able to defend the guy who hit the shot. And yep. we don't even know if that guy's even going back to the, that team. Yeah. But none but nonetheless, so to me, the the Thibault pick isn't necessarily the issue. I know pe- people are gonna people are hung up over the fact that the Sixers traded with Boston. And it seems so. Yeah. And it seems so. Uh, it's it's become obvious. Like, our, you know, un- unfortunately, it is what it is. We lost on on the Fultz trade. The Fultz for t- uh, Tatum deal it, is is a big fat L for us. You know, it, it, it's it, it's an old it's an old wound mm-hmm. that uh, people people thought got opened up last night. And mm-hmm. you know, because look, look uh, listen to exactly what you just said. Philly's dealing with Boston on draft night. That's a touchy mm-hmm. subject. But the player involved also went to Washington. So it's like, here it we go more, again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which made it even more, you know, sensational. Um, but this time, you know, Elton Brand, I think he did a great job. Obviously, that wasn't his call with Markel Fultz mm-hmm. as far as bringing him into Philadelphia. So it's it's a new day you know but i do understand the mm-hmm. fear but like you just said man that ball bounced about 300 times on that rim it fell and they lost in the conference semifinals to who became the world champion so mm-hmm. can't be mad at it can't, can't, can't be, be mad at can't it. be mad but what a lot of people are mad about is how the second round went down 
you know, they traded. Yeah. They, they traded picks. They had they, they had four picks, four picks in the second round. They come out with one guy. Yeah. One All guy. Right. Now, so, what what did you think of that? So, other than the fact that it was way past my bedtime. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> I understand that they're two different beasts, but now I think seeing how that second round played out. I yeah. think the NBA might should consider exploring what the NFL did with stretching the draft multiple. over, yeah, multiple days. A two night draft multiple, wouldn't be, yeah, yeah. yeah, a two night draft would be fine because, in the NBA. Because some of those second round guys were legit guys, mm-hmm. and it's a thing that the NBA does. They know, like, hey. Half of you guys I can draft in the second round. Mm-hmm. You'll make our team, but we don't have to pay you that much. Yeah. The rest of you guys, we can sign you to like a two-way contract or to uh, that new contract, which is called Exhibit 10, which is a step down from a two-way contract. It's like essentially it's guaranteed money if you get cut by the team and signed to the G League team. Okay. That's how that 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 works. But um, the teams are smart. It's like, hey, we can get who we want in the first round, or we can kind of move up or move down, and then the second round is, is like monopoly money. So, mm-hmm. um, in reference to like, say, the Sixers, it was it was one of those things where Elton Brand's statement was, hey we can't afford to sign and bring on five young guys. Mm-hmm. So they went after the one guy that they wanted really bad. They got him, And then everything else was just like, Hey, I, Hey, I don't know what to tell you. You know? So they kind of moved around. They cleared some space, getting rid of Jonathan Simmons. What Elton Brand is doing, and I haven't spoken to him yet, but I am going to reach out to him. Uh, he's just trying to get, you know, it's all money in, you know, like, like Nipsey Hussle says, it's all money in and he's really looking at going after the free agents. So, I mean, it made for a really boring Sixers draft Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, some other teams had that philosophy too. you know, the Knicks went after who they wanted. You know, they got their Canadian guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they got, uh, you know, Maple Mamba, R.J. Barrett, and then they got the kid out of Michigan, uh, Iggy. But then who they signed as free agents was the one kid that went to HBCU, Amir Hinton, mm-hmm. Shaw University. Yep, yep, yep. And then they, then, then they also signed, um, I forget the kid's last name. He went to Louisville. So, you know, it's kind of that same philosophy. They also had some second-round kids, but they went after who they wanted. They got them, and then it just was it was just all house money from there. And I think that, to your point, they can the NBA can probably look at giving a second day because number one, they you know the draft is super it, it's a long block of time, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, you know they're. There's opportunities, especially with like the G League and the two way and the exhibit ten. They could probably squeeze like another two hours on day two. Yeah. 
Definitely. And, and with the NBA, with the NBA, I think there's a lot more recognizable names. So there's there's mm-hmm. more recognizable names and compelling storylines. And plus, I think like if you you stretch it out, and you know there's going to be another day, you don't have the kids in the green room sitting there for an entire night just being embarrassed. You know, I felt sorry for uh, Bull Bull last night because yeah. by the time he's dra- he drafted at 44, I mean he's been sitting there on TV waiting to be drafted for about four hours. Yeah, that, that was bad. Mm-hmm. And and and, I, and those are the kids I feel sorry for. You know, it's like this is you know I was glad that he was able to you know live out his dream, but there was also you know you, you see, especially now with social media where there's so many pictures and so many videos floating around. You know, I saw uh, Taco fall at the at the draft, and he didn't get drafted, so he's there. Yeah. You know, in the building, yeah. visible, being able to be seen, and he went that entire night, and the whole night was almost five hours, and never got drafted. Nope. Yeah, it was bad. You know, uh, I think Bobo got some bad advice mm-hmm. because he hardly played at Oregon. Played what nine ga- nine know, games, had- nine total games? Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's he's no Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. You know, he does have potential, but he didn't have Kyrie Irving potential, who also played about nine games Mm -hmm. uh, before going number one. But I would have liked to see him come back another year a little bit more mature Mm -hmm. and healthy and experienced. And I think you want that from from a lot of these guys that entered the the draft. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an inexact science and and it is tough there were times where i kind of watching tv and i'm like man you know there's a couple kids that were there and that weren't there that i'm just like man this has got to be really tough yeah definitely definitely you know definitely. so it, it's uh it's one of those things man but it the, the draft overall in my opinion mm-hmm. i i like I like the fact that they were showing these images of family. Yes. And, you know, everybody's included, everybody's supporting, everybody's mm-hmm. loving. Family and fathers, um, too. I think especially fathers. Yeah. So many people, yeah. you know, whether it's somebody, you know, referencing their father or, you know, fathers yeah. with their sons. I thought the NBA, yeah. I thought the NBA and ESPN in particular did a very good job of, you know, of, of displaying and showing that narrative, you know, here are, you know, yeah, fathers with their sons. I love, I loved every bit of that. You know, I I was there for that. I was there for that. Because you you don't, you don't see a lot of that. Um, (laughs) especially people of color, those Mm -hmm. images aren't always highlighted. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I thought that was great. And then, um, I like that these young guys, are able to really express themselves uh, not only articulately, but emotionally. Mm-hmm. Just really like, hey, putting it out there. Like, I think those are images that people need to see, mm-hmm. uh, especially the younger generation, because, you know, when we were coming up, it, it wasn't, that wasn't quite the case. No. No, they, you know, I think they, there were people expected, when, when it was us, when it was, I, I, should, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say when it was us. I didn't play any college sports, but when you know, when, but my generation, when it when it was 
my generation in that situation. I felt like it was yeah. on the player, on the person to kind of figure it out on their own, on their own. Like here's millions mm-hmm. of dollars go. Whereas like now you see schools, you know, you know, accepting and, and working with the reality that there are kids going through their building with no desire or want or even need for a degree, but still taking it upon themselves to groom them for the next level mm-hmm. to say here, while you are here and we understand that you are only going to be here for a limited amount of time, probably for seven at, months, yeah, seven months, maybe not even your full freshman year. Cause you know, pretty much most of these kids leave school, you know, not only do they leave school for the draft, they leave school literally right after the season's over. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Come you, April, it's yeah, March. It's yeah. like, hey, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Thanks, you know. Thanks for coming out. I'm, I'm going to get my stuff and I'm going to leave now, you know. That's right. God bless. Good night. Yeah. But now, but you see, you see more schools saying, hey, you know, while you're here, let me show you what you have to expect, how you are to present yourself, how to put yourself in a position to make more money now that you are at yeah. that point to make money. Yeah, but but I mean, in the end, but I I liked what I saw. You know, I liked the narratives. I liked the presentation. I always do because one, I think you know, ESPN always tells good stories. You know, they're you know, good stories, and they are really good at you know at presenting human interest. So that's all to me. When you're dealing with ESPN, that's you know to be expected. However, yeah. but I love the narrative. I love the father son narrative. I, I like the whole presentation would have been better had, you know, my team picked at had the, my team was picking in the fifties. So that meant I'm staying up to almost midnight <laughs> for a show that started yeah. at seven thirty. I could have, you, you know, I could have used another night. And then plus, if you, if you're truly a fan, you want to hear what the front office has to say about the pick. You know, Elton Brand yeah. didn't talk to after midnight. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, so you know, to be right. look, you know, yeah, a lot I, of people I, went to bed with, uh, you know, kind of like, hey, I don't, I don't know what my franchise is doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so overall, uh, if you can, like, how would you, mm-hmm. how would you grade this draft? Do you, do you do draft trades? I, I should have asked you that before I, we even started the interview. I, 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 I don't. But this is how I was graded. Okay. I was graded a B minus because B minus. Okay. What what they did was is basically they did what you what you can't see, and what you can't see is they put themselves in position for six p.m. on June thirtieth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they did mm-hmm. <laughs> with their draft. Um, so they have the money that they feel like they need. And then, of course, another thing you can't see is, you know, hey, you know, backroom handshakes. Like, hey, Tobias, like, we're going to call you around 5.59, you know, mm-hmm. a- answer the phone. We got that got that money that we talked about, you know? So, like, to me, they set, yeah. they set themselves up for that. So, and when I look at that bigger picture, I say it's a B minus because they did get that 
replaced. They got Robert Covington's replacement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. I, I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> I, I, I hope so, too. I, I have been oper- operating under the mindset and with the under the narrative that I believe that both Jimmy and Tobias will be back. And I think that honestly, I think that the only way, and I, I I've said this publicly and, and I, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the only way and the only, the only scenario I could see where Jimmy and Tobias are not back next year is because somehow in some way Elton Brand figured out a way to get KD and Kawhi. And that is not me that's not that's not me saying that they will right. go get those guys or that's they the are, only way he yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. only way Jimmy and Tobias aren't here. If Jimmy and Tobias aren't here, like I don't see a scenario where we don't have Jimmy, we don't have Tobias, we don't have KD, and we don't have uh, Kawhi. You know, I tell like, you this much. I know, I know. Jerry West is going to be making some some hmm. offers that uh, yeah. Kawhi and maybe Jimmy Butler can't refuse. I know that. <laughs> I, uh, well, I, I hear that, and I guess t- to me, I feel like this will be the true test. Of who, the, I've I like what I have seen and what I have heard from Jimmy Butler since he got here. He has said and he has done all the right things. I got I got to think that you know when you're one when you have an organization that seems to be committed to winning, a team that got you to within the shot of the century of going to the conference finals. Yeah. You you're looking right now. You're looking at a defending world champion who only beat you after the shot of the century fell through. I'm thinking, you know, if they're still committed to winning and they can pay me more than anybody else, then I come back to the sixes and I run it back. And I yeah. got I got to think Tobias is thinking the same thing. Give them their money, you know. Shore up, you know. He's freed up money. Shore up the bench and run it back. Mm-hmm. So, like to me, I we we we're throwing out all these different scenarios, all these different cases, and we're driving ourselves crazy. I just think Elton Brand told both Jimmy and Tobias, "Hey, dog, y'all. I understand it's a business. Y'all got to go get paid. Go out, look, see what you want to get." You know, see see whatever, see what people are offering, see what people are saying to you. All I ask is that you just come back and holler at me before you sign. Yeah. And then, in the end, they're both here. I, the only way they're not going to be here, in my mind, is if somehow, and I, well, now it's, you can't even say KD. I don't, you know, you know, KD's off the table now, unfortunately. But I know people are talking about, you know, uh, Kawhi taking a meeting here in Philadelphia. Wh- whatever. I, I don't put a lot of stock in that. No, I mean, you know what? It's, he's a free agent, and he's he will be. Di- yeah, doing due diligence. Yeah. LeBron yeah. took a meeting yeah. here too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, through his representative for sure. Yeah. So it's like, 
Hey, you, you know, I think Kawhi has an idea of where he wants to be. And, um, yeah, it's only right. Mm-hmm. Go out and listen and see what people have to say. See what people have to say. Exactly. But but in the end, I, 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 I agree with what you said wholeheartedly. You know, this this draft – this draft was to set up the next part of their offseason, which is getting their free agents, shoring up, shoring up their bench through the free agents because right now this team is in win-now mode. And unfortunately, if you're not at the top of the draft, you're going to win now with veterans. Right. So, you know, it, 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 is, what, it is what it is. Well, we'll see. We'll, we will definitely I – think, I think we will be happy with this team come the start of next season. I agree. I agree. I think that they will jump right back where they left off and hopefully get a little further than the second round. And, you know, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have something to talk about next year this time. <laughs> well, look, man, Anthony, we'll definitely have you back on because we, I'm sure the free agent uh, portion of the summer will be just as interesting as the whole lead up to the draft. So we'll definitely have you back on. Absolutely, let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Anthony Gilbert from NBA.com and Hoops Magazine. Make sure you follow him on Twitter and Instagram because he's a great follow and he's a friend of our show and he comes on, he he raps with us. So we, we appreciate him. All right, look, we are going to take a real quick break and then we will come right back on the show. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com. B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. We are still trying to make sense of the 76ers 2019 draft. We call them a people, getting them online, and just discussing and getting their thoughts. So as we continue, let me bring in my man 50 Grand from TotalSportsLive.com, former co-host of mine and all the time good friend, my man Javon Offer. What is good, my friend? I'm doing good. Thanks again for uh, thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Man, it's always a pleasure, man. You're always welcome on this show. You, you look, you don't even gotta like reserve or anything. You don't have to like <laughs> just show up. You know when look, you know when the mics are on, you know when we do things. You can just come in and sit down, you know, probably even look in the refrigerator, make yourself a sandwich or something. <laughs> Alright, let's just jump let's jump right into this. Alright, Sixers We've been talking about this all day. Sixers went into the draft with five picks. They come out with two players. What did you think of their draft performance? 
I mean, I think for starters, I think it was different. I think this draft process was different for a lot of Sixers fans. Mm-hmm. Just, and I think media, like in general, because we're so used to the Sixers being in like the top 10 range. So you're only used to seeing like a selected group of players coming in, like pretty much guys in the top 10 and maybe a couple guys in the second round. But this year was different because you're at pick 24 and when you're in that mid 20 to 20 to 30 range, you don't kind of know which guys are going to be there. When is your pick? You know, and there was so many things being fluid around, you know, and so many mock drafts had so many different players, you know, mock to the Sixers. Could it be a Carson Edwards out of Purdue? Could it be um, Cam Johnson out of North Carolina who saw who we saw went up, who got drafted at number 11, which is just kind of amazing because a lot of projections had him in that 2024 range. So that kind of shook the board. And you had the Dylan Wimblers and the Matisse Thibault, a lot of different options. So then when draft night comes around, and like I said, you see Cam Johnson, go off the board at 11, you're kind of thinking, uh-oh, like this is where the draft board kind of shakes up because now that there's a domino effect on who's left and who is available for the Sixers to pick. So, I, you know, get down, get down, get down to 20. And you see the trade, you're like, oh, Sixers moved up. And you're like, who are they moving up for? And all signs, you know, point to Matisse Seibel because even before the draft, there was a lot of, you know, talk that, you know, Seibel had got a promise from a team within their 20 range, hence why he skipped, you know, hence why he skipped the NBA, why he skipped the NBA combine and didn't really, we really didn't hear anything about him doing any workouts because he had got that guarantee and the guarantee was obviously from the Sixers. Now, I know Sixers fans are not happy that they did, you know, that they, that they traded trade with, with the Boston, enemy. Yep. Right, that they traded with the enemy and then the enemy goes and takes the guy that you wanted in the second round in Carson Edwards, it, 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 I think it kind of rubbed people the wrong way a little bit, I think, the trade, because then you just started reading stories that how the Celtics knew that the Sixers wanted Seibel and kind of used that against them and then took the player that they wanted in the second round. So you got to say, did, did, did Elton Brand have a, have, a, have a fairly young GM get hoodwinked? By the Wally Seven veteran and Danny Ainge, we'll see uh, for the most part. But I think Thibault is going to be a solid player. I don't think we should expect anything big from him. Like offensively, he's more known as a perimeter defender. You know, we saw last night they said he's one of the best defenders in the uh, in, the, in the draft. And I think they they got a solid guy, a solid three and D guy that you know that can come in and give you energy on defense. But I think was a more of a problem for the Sixers. It can jump in to find a shot creator and all that other stuff. So let's then move to the second round because I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, as you know, as we pivot, because I liked the Thibault pick. You know, I think when you're picking on that side of the draft, when you're on that, when you're on that end, just like you said before, you know, this now we're now into really the first, the first draft of a really good team. You know, now we're we're at the point where now we're back at the the back end. That's this is where we were, you know, through most of the Iverson era, when you got a playoff team. You know, you win a you're you're winning a bunch of games. So now you're drafting at the back of the draft, and you're hoping just for play. You know, get young players who can come in and contribute and help complement your veterans, 
in the hopes that maybe as they grow and you let go of some of these veterans, they can then fill in they can fill in that need. I think that's what Thibault is. Maybe three, four years down the line, if that, you know, you're looking at a starter. But right now, you know, he, he's three and D guy. You know, our last three and D guy was Robert Covington, who was an undrafted free agent. So if we can get now, we we now have a th- a guy who can be that three and D player that we drafted in the first round. So that's got to be an upgrade, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It definitely is an upgrade. Cause like you said, and with Covington, you know, that's a guy that, you know, that they took a, that they took a gamble on. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, a guy that was undrafted, who I think was rookie of the year in the G League and was like one of the think one of the top two picks that following year in the G League draft. And, you know, he becomes this, you know, he, he he's not talked about in the same ilk as like the best defenders in the league, but you respect opponents and other people that watch the team from afar and respect it. Robert Covington, Covington's defense in, in a way, you know, just the way he played, it helped. It ended up getting you a very good player in Jimmy Butler. So yeah. obviously, there was, you know, some capital with having him. So like you said, now you bring in a guy, you know, like Thibel, who, like I said, you're not going to be looking out from off- offensive offensive standpoint, even though he averaged nine point one points per game last season in the senior year at UW, which isn't which isn't impressive, but and he shot 41% from the field, which is kind of concerned, and then 30% from three, which is, eh. but I feel like shooting is something that you can work on. I, I believe when it comes to defense, and you probably would agree with me with this, mm-hmm. defense is a mindset. Like, yeah. either you got it or you don't. Like, if you don't want it, you 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 got you, you to play defense, especially in the NBA. You can get on the, you can get on the bench. You can, get on, you can get on the team by scoring. But what's going to earn you minutes on the floor is playing defense. And I think you have him, and then you also have another guy in Zaire Smith from last year's draft, who we know, who we think has the potential to be another really good defender. And you pair that with, you know, a Jimmy Butler who's a solid two way guard, a Ben Simmons who's a good defender, a Joel Embiid a good defender. You're kind of starting to see what type of team that the Sixers want—a defensive team with length, and they can get out in transition. You, you you can kind of see what direction they're trying to go with. We understand how the season ended and the problems that they had matching up with Toronto. However, I feel what's what's kind of lost. What gets what gets kind of lost is the reality that this was still a team that scored fairly well last season. That put up a lot of points. Now I op- I'm operating this offseason under the presumption that Elton Brand will bring back Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. I believe that the two of them will be back next season. I think you're I think when they look at when they look at the in you know the makeup of their team, bring everybody back and run it, you know, just this team just needed to gel. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a team that need. You don't need to blow everything up. This isn't a team where you know just blow it up. We need to make wholesale changes. Nah, this was a team that showed in in glimpses what they could be once they got once they played together. So, in the end, you got to get you know you you have to have players that will complement them. That's what Isaiah Smith is. That's what a Thibault is. 
we are seeing the type of team that Elton Brand wants to construct. You know, mm-hmm. but I think as is, we want to, we want, we we saw how the season ended, and we just, I just feel like the best plan for the the best plan of attack as far as a nucleus is to run it back. Yes, there needs to be, you know, there needs to be some tweaks, but we don't need to blow, we don't need to blow it up. And when you look at the team last season, this was a team that scored a lot of points. This team put up a lot of points. But the problem is, you know what? The teams that they played scored a lot of points too. So you we need defenders. If we can play if this if this Sixers team can play better defense, you know, if this team can get some stops. If this team can get some stops and still score at the way they they were scoring last year, then they'll be all right. We're seeing what they can, you know, you put, you have a starting line, you have a a starting lineup that features a Jimmy Butler who can put up 20 points a night. A Joel Embiid who can put up 20 points a night. Tobias Harris, who when need be, you know, who when need be can put up 20 points a night. But now, you know, he's that, he's now that guy of high level guy who is now a role player. I understand, you know, and I think that's where people get it wrong with Tobias Harris. People were down on Tobias Harris at the end of last season because they thought they were going to get the same Tobias Harris who was in who was a Clipper before. You're going to get Clippers Tobias Harris, and they don't need him necessarily to be Clippers Tobias Harris every night. If you're getting 27 points from Joel Embiid, you're getting 20 points from Ben Simmons, you're getting 20 points from Jimmy Butler, you know, I'll take 13 from Tobias Harris. But if Ben is struggling, Jimmy's struggling, Joel's struggling, hopefully not all in the same game, but, you know, when when those guys need to be picked up, when you know you have a guy like Tobias Harris who can then score, put up 20-something points, that's good. I'll take that. I'll take. I that. think. I think anybody would take that, to be honest, because, like you said, and I think, and you, and you and, I, and I'm glad you made that point because it's so true. Is that I think everybody, like you said, they got hooked on. We're going to get to the Los Angeles Clippers Tobias Harris when that's two different team makeups. You know that team, the Clippers, and we saw them even in the playoffs. That team plays on the strength and numbers type of guy, mm-hmm. the type of team will, where everybody's touching more, everybody's getting enhanced ball. But like you said, when you have a dominant big man in Joel Embiid that can give you, you know, 30 and 15, and a Jimmy Butler that can give you 20, and a Ben that can give you a, a 10, uh, a 15, 5 and 5 game, and JJ, if you bring back JJ Reddick and he gets hot from the outside, you don't need to buy it to give you 20, 25 points, 20 to 25 points a night. All you really need them to do is play good defense on pick and roll switches mm-hmm. and get, get, help, help clean up the glass. Which I think was a problem for the Sixers rebound. I think have to get a little bit better, and also just knocking down perimeter jump shots when they're available. You know, hitting your three pointers when they count the most or when you're open. So I think, like you said, this team is ready to take that next step. And like, in, and as you put it, and like you said, defense. You know, that's 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 key because there was many times in that Toronto series that if they just had got a stop or two. Mm-hmm. Or just knew how to operate in the half court offense, which I think is another big thing this offseason that they got to fix. And just knowing how to work in the half court offense, that's a totally different series. And maybe 
it doesn't even end up going to seven games. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, and this is something I talked about a little. I talked about earlier with Anthony Gilbert. You know, it's just exactly how you're going to fix the ails of this team. And I think when you look at when you look at what's glaring, I think there were holes in this team that you could fix during the in the draft, and there are holes that you would fix in this team through free agency. You know, to me, defense getting better defensively, getting more athletic defensively, that's a draft issue. That's something you can get better with in within the draft. You got two young players now with Zaire Smith and my T. Steibel, who will help you get better defensively. Now, as far as you know, getting better in your half-court offense, to me, that's that's a job for a veteran point guard. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to bring in a point guard in the back of a draft who will help you get better in your half-court offense. You know, I as as much as 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 much as we might like as as much as we as people might have loved bringing in Carson Edwards. I don't necessarily think Carson Edwards is going to run this team's half-court offense in crunch time next season if he was on the Sixers. Crunch time, you need a, you know, crunch time, you need you need a veteran point guard. It ain't going to be Carson Edwards. It's going to be Jimmy Butler. That's why, you, that's why you've been moving Jimmy Butler to the point. That's what you put him there for. You know, and, No, and, you're right. So to me, it's like, um, yeah, Carson Edwards would have been nice. But the fact that we didn't get him isn't the end of the world. And the fact that he went to Boston isn't the end of the world. Because Boston still doesn't know what they're going to do. I mean, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that Kyrie is out, and that's probably a good thing. But they still haven't figured out what they're going to do with Terry Rozier. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know. And in the end, this is still a second-round pick. Maybe Carson Edwards can, you know, it's like we we operate under this guys that, you know, we, we think every guy you get in the second round is just going to be that diamond in the rough. Right, the next Lou Williams. Yeah, the next Lou Williams. Every, every second-round pick is going to be that guy that turns around a franchise. And it's like, look, man, there's a second round every year. Every year we're talking about what fifty something guys, mm-hmm. and what you know, it's not like there, there's a good chance you might not hear of anybody you, you see in the second round. There's a reason these guys are second round picks. There's a reason yeah. these guys are you know undrafted free agents. But yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. But 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 in the end, you know, it's. Sixers made some moves, and it just looks like to me it it just shows that there are layers to their off season plans. They got they got yeah. the guys they wanted out of the draft, and now they freed up money to possibly make some free agent moves. Now, were were you cool with them? I mean, they had four they had four second round picks. They walk they walk away with one guy. Were you cool with that? I mean. In the heat of the moment, I was a little annoyed because, like I said, just the talent that was there and just knowing that all the guys that they worked out was still on the board, like a Lou Dort or a Nas Reed, a Bruno Fernando, um, just 
countless of guys, the Eric Pascals, you know, even though Sixers fans for some reason didn't want Eric Pascal. Which was puzzling to I, me. I, I, I like pa- I like Pascal, but I feel like people see Pascal in that same like they think of him as an undersized power forward, an undersized big. Right. And I think that right. that scares people away. Maybe and and I'm I'm not quite sure if that's you know rightfully so or or not. Mm-hmm. But I, that's I guess that's when, when I hear Eric, you know Eric Pascal and when I see why people are are down on him. That's I I think that's why. I I and I oh yeah I I, I don't know you know a six seven power forward I I I, I don't know you know it, I I don't know if that's right but, or wrong but, but I I feel like that's that's what scares people away they see an under an undersized power forward and it seems like this seem this team seems to be big on height and length right and that but 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 there's the thing right you said you know that might scare you know Sixers fan off. But, you know, now Eric Pascal goes to Golden State where, hey, we make Draymond Green go understand how far and watch him work. But it goes back to, all right, so if you're scared of Eric Pascal and don't want nothing to do with him, then why are you interested in an undersized guard in Carson Edwards? Mm. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. He's like, what, 5'11", 6 foot? I mean, Grant, he balled out in the NCAA tournament. And that NCAA tournament run, especially when he lit up Villanova 42, you know, definitely helped his draft stock, you know, improve tremendously. But, you know, I didn't see what everybody else saw. And then the second point about Carson Edwards is why we're fans, why I understand the allure of Carson Edwards, but why get frustrated or get upset that Sixers don't draft him when you just drafted a young point guard who is six foot six and that can shoot and handle the ball and shake Milton, who looked really good in Delaware, and even in spot time with the Sixers, especially in that game against Denver at Denver where he had 11 points off the bench, that can shoot a little bit. You have – It doesn't know, make sense. It's like you – sometimes I feel like people – and look, social media has a way – social media has a way of turning me into the old man in the room very quickly. And I – you know, I <laughs> – I I try my hardest not to fall into that trap, or at least I try my hardest to be mature enough to identify when I know it's happening. Mm-hmm. But social media just has that way of 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 turning me into the old man in the room. In the fact that you know you, you see that you know with social media, people fall it fall into the trap of buying into narratives. Yep. It's like, okay, why didn't we – we needed a point guard like Eric Paschal. First of all, this team has a point guard. His name is Ben Simmons. He's fine and Correct. he's not going anywhere. All right? No. We're not tra- – yes, I understand. Yes, yeah. Well, I under- yes, he needs he, – he has to develop a jumper. I understand. We all know this. That That's not a secret. But this team has a – you know, this team has a starting point guard. They have a backup point guard. His name is Jimmy Butler. He's fine. I understand he's a free agent. I don't believe he's going anywhere. I don't. Uh, you know, I understand the stories. And he, he can sit there and do all the trolling that he wants. And I hear it all. Like, oh, man, that looks like he's he's going to go to Los Angeles. Oh, he's, you know, whatever. 
He's going to go right here. He's going to go into Elton Brand's office. He's going to give him some dap, and then they're going to move on. And it's, it's, we all lived happily ever after. Then off the bench, we have a young, you know, role-playing point guard who's learned, who has a year in the office in Shake Milton. Right. So what do you – like, yeah, you know, Carson Edwards would have been nice. But, you know, he, that wasn't a need. That wasn't a dire need. And in the end, what would you what would you rather if you're talking about a, a second round pick, taking a second round pick to get Carson Edwards, you know, then you understand that he's not like the best guy in the draft. So if you have, you know, if you have a young player who's already had a year in your system, why are you drafting a guy in the second round to replace him? Yeah, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't make no sense because to be honest with you, if you're thinking about the makeup of the Sixers, like you said, you know, Jimmy Butler kind of played that backup point guard role. Mm-hmm. You don't know if TJ McConnell coming back because he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. This is weird. You say Chase Milton, hey, we might need you to be we might need you to be our third point guard in mm-hmm. certain situations. And like you said, he's been in the system. He's been in the organization for a year. He kinda knows how things are going. He ran the point down at Delaware, and he's had pretty good numbers. Now, I know people might say it's a G League and stuff like that, you know, whatever, whatever, but you got to, if you understand basketball, you understand how good the G League is yeah. in terms of experience and just gameplay and et cetera, et cetera. Yes, and if you also know, if, if you know this show, you know Javon Alford is not here for G League slander. No, not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. And, 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 and we respect it. Look, when we have Javon on the show, you're going to respect the G League. All right, <laughs> you're gonna put some respect on the name of the G League. We're not gonna call it the D League. You're not gonna get it. Ne- you know, you, you're not gonna disrespect the G League when Javon Offer is on this show. I, I wouldn't do that, and I, you know, I make sure that people, you know, people aren't. Yeah, going- no, but <laughs> no, nah, but I think if you're a Sixers, you should have. I think if for a Sixers fan, instead of getting frustrated that they didn't get a Carson Edwards. You should be more frustrated in that they didn't address the backup front court depth, which I think is a bigger issue than what is being put out to be. So, in your in your eyes, who who are players that you think, if if they even exist, who are the players that you think the Sixers might regret passing on in the second round? That ah, uh, that's tough. That's tough. I don't think they'll. I don't think. I don't think they're going to regret one passing on a lot of these guys in the second round, but I think that they could have helped in certain situations. I think a Daniel Gafford out of Arkansas, I think he could have helped um, as a rim protector, which is something that the Sixers, you know, kind of needed, which is why I don't under, which I, which is why I still don't understand the trading of Rashawn Holmes that he gave you that, but you know, whatever, whatever, you know, stuff happens. Uh, but you know, Daniel Gafford, or like I said, a Bruno Fernando, who, you know, still, has he has some tools to work with, you know, but he's still he's still a project. Like you said, there's a reason why these guys are second round picks. A lot of these guys are second round picks because either they might be undersized, like you mentioned with Carson Edwards or Eric Pascal, or they're missing something from their game. Like they're almost a complete package, but they got some element to work on. So just those two names off the top of my head, I know Nas Reed was a guy that the Sixers worked out. I was at his uh pre-draft work I was at when he was at when he was holding their pre-draft workouts I know he was there Nasri and just going undrafted the kid from LSU from Jersey he gets undrafted goes to Minnesota on a two-way I think 
I think for the Sixers, like I said, they just need to. I think, and like you said, fans just got to take a step back from the entire situation. The draft is just one piece to the offseason puzzle. One piece to the offseason puzzle. If the Sixers go out in free agency and bring back Jimmy and bring back Tobias, depends on how much you bring him back Tobias for, if you really mm-hmm. give him that max money. Um, Would you give Tobias max money? No. No, okay. No. Nah. Nah, because 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 then because when I think I think we know it's it, it's tough because when we think of max money and a max player, we see certain players in that vein, and it would hard for it would be hard pressed for me to justify saying that Tobias Harris should get paid as much as Jimmy Butler <laughs> mm-hmm. because of what Jimmy Butler brings to the table. Now I think you can get close to the max, but I would try to see. I would, I would, I would try to see, you know, what else you need. Like, like we said during, you know, just during this segment, you know, you need a backup point guard. There's a lot of backup point guards in the market: the Darren Collison, the Corey Joseph, the Patrick Beverly. Um, I know I'm missing some other guys off the top of my head. You know, front court guys. There's a whole bunch of front court guys you know, that are that are out there. The Ed Davises, you know, the Rowler Hollis Jeffers, uh, Jeffers. Yeah, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, not Raleigh, that's his brother. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, or, you know, a Thaddeus Young is going to be a free agent. Maybe you bring him that. But oh, you got, again, it's all about managing money. And then from your shooting, you need to get some more shooters on the team. And you also got to kind of factor in how much is it going to cost to bring back J.J. Ruddick. So there's a lot of things in the air for the Sixers squad that I think fans just got to, you know, as much as we take the draft passionately, and I just think that's just because the spot the Sixers have been in the last few years, since like the process era, we've been so inundated with getting, you know, the flashy guys in the first round and the second round, you know, we're getting the we're getting the uh the the uh KJ McDaniels of the world, the uh Jeremy Grants of the world, even though Grant has turned out to be a solid player, you know, we're we're so used to be inundated with that stuff, so when it comes down time to be, you know, trying to be a championship contender team. It's like, yeah, we can't, you know, use those guys. We got to, <laughs> we got to kind of say, all right, we got to build the rest of the roster out with veterans and yep. the young guys that we do have, we're going to roll with them and we're going to develop them. And for a lot of these young guys, these next couple of seasons, it's going, I think it's going to be swing, sink or swim. Either you win it or you're not. I mean, we saw the Sixers trade away Markel Fultz. And that and that doesn't show you anything. <laughs> and so, they traded him what for Jonathan Smith for Jonathan Simmons, who they I, traded last night. If yeah. that doesn't show you anything, then then, so, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it, it, it shows it shows that this team is now in win now mode. That's that's where we are. We're no longer a rebuilding franchise. We're no longer retooling. We are now in build now mode. And if players if it's a guy that does not help us win now, then unfortunately it's time we got to get rid of that person and bring them in to bring somebody else in who can help us win now. That's, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. That is just the nature of this beast. Javon is all, as always, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Hey, appreciate it. Anytime. Like I said, uh, Mm -hmm. it's always a joy to come back on. Mm -hmm. Now, where can people reach you now? What, let me know where, where people can find all your tremendous work. Um, pretty much everybody can uh, find my stuff over at uh, totalsportslive.com. A lot of 
over the last few weeks. Had a lot of uh, had a lot of NBA draft stuff up there. Like I said, had a chance to go over to Camden and see them work out a few guys, and now summer league's going to be coming up shortly. So there still be some Sixers stuff up there, and then slowly start putting up some Phillies and some Eagles stuff with training camp rolling around. A lot of stuff, even though it's the summertime. There's still a lot going on. The Philadelphia Soul, you know, they're still they're you know they're still playing and still they're they're in the, they're in the thick of the playoff race as well. So if you want to check out that podcast as well with uh, me and Harrison Brown, you can check that out. Uh, the high the high motion podcast on Block Talk Radio mm-hmm. and also on uh, the podcast app on Apple and on Spotify. So just search Total Sports Live on all those things. And you'll be able to find the high motion podcast on there as well. My man is always grinding. I want to. I'm. I'm I want to be like Javon Offer when I grow up. <laughs> Straight up, man. Thanks. Hey, thank you for coming on. Thanks for talking Sixers. We we we'll definitely have you back. All right. All right. And there you have it. Another exciting, exhilarating, informative edition of 83 to infinity right here on best in the world sports hey we want to thank all of our guests we want to send a shout out to anthony gilbert from nba.com as well as javon offer from totalsportslive.com of course my co-host mike jones thank you to him and thank you guys for listening remember you can download this and all of our other podcasts just go to soundcloud.com slash b-i-t-w sports and remember you can also find us on apple Podcasts slash itunes just search the best in the world sports report hit us up on facebook instagram twitter at any time at b-i-t-w sports my name is brown thank you for checking us out we'll talk to you guys later you feeling this podcast to hear this Or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, search Best of the World.